Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Snyder, and I am with Will Overton. And uh, today we are going to be talking about religitics, religion and politics, and should they mix. Um, this is the Unapologetics podcast. Um, super excited. This is like um, been in the making for, geez, over probably a year now-ish, yeah, kind of, at least. And so anyway, um, I'm Ryan Snyder. I have been in ministry for, geez, I'm 31, so 13 years now, um, in some way, some form, some fashion of some kind. Um, I was a children's pastor for a period of time, um, a outreach pastor, um, have been doing tons of events across the nation in different places um, as far as youth events. I'm currently at a church here in Belding, Michigan, um, and serving as just a layperson and kind of what everybody needs for the most part, and a youth leader here. And um, I'm going to shoot over to Will. All right. Uh, I am Will Overton. Um, I'm excited about this opportunity that, uh, that Ryan and I have been talking about for a long time, just kind of fueled by our own conversations and um, our enjoyment of talking about some of these topics. <laughs> and we'll see if uh, other people actually enjoy hearing us talk about them as well. We'll find out. Uh, this is just a little bit on, on my background. Um, I have my, uh, my bachelor's degree. I did that at uh, Lee University down in Tennessee um, in Bible and theology was my major. Uh, at that point in time, I thought I was going to get uh, paid a lot of money to be a youth <laughs> pastor, uh, which is not reality. Uh, so I finished up my bachelor's and then I came back to Michigan and uh, I got my master's degree uh, through Cornerstone at uh, Grand Rapids Theological Seminary. Um, got my master's in uh, in professional counseling um, and have been working in the in the mental health field now for the last eight years. Um, currently serving as a volunteer youth pastor because that's how youth pastor it works. Um, have been doing that for better part of I guess 14, 13 or 14 years now here at uh, at my home church. And. Uh, See, yeah, I think that's uh, those are the the high points of which there are only a handful. <laughs> well, excellent. We might as well get started. Um, so, we've seen in the past, um, I mean, a long time, really, as far as uh, religion and politics, politics mixing. Um, really, probably since I mean, I would even say the dawn of America, really, where you have religion being one of the center points of why America was founded as far as their own wanting and ability to have their own religion or their own ability to celebrate the religion outside of government control. And so you have this interesting mixture where people have um, been trying to either force religion upon other people or the freedom of religion or from religion in some cases where people don't want religion in general. But um, from your standpoint on religion and politics, to what degree at first should uh, religion um, and politics, maybe I, should, maybe I should say it this way, when religion and politics mix, um, where have you seen that go? And as far as um, intensity, what's your viewpoint on it mixing? And maybe we'll start there. All right. Uh, where, where have I seen it go? Maybe we can <laughs> wait a minute on that. <laughs> we've seen it go pretty lots crazy of places, especially in the, the last five years, last two years in, in particular. Um, I think just on the, the topic, the idea of, of politics and religion mixing, though, it's a, I feel like it's a very slippery slope. Um, and I, I guess the question that, as I, you know, I've been trying to think about this and, and things leading up to our discussion, the, what I keep coming back to for me is, a, is the question, like, 
when they mix, because they, they are going to, to mix at yeah. some point. Like, yeah. as, a, as a Christian, everything I do, every decision I make should be, I mean, somewhat through that lens of, of my faith and of, of Christ, yeah. of Christianity. Um, so the question for me comes back to, does, does politics and my political views shape my faith, or does my faith shape my politics? Hmm. Like, am, I, am I changing what I believe yeah. about my faith to, to fit into a political narrative? Um, or is the foundation my faith in my, my Christian views and morals apart from religion? And that's the lens at which I look, I guess, at politics okay. as best I can through. Well, and you brought up a good point, is that um, when you look at politics and religion, sometimes political freedoms and political um, messages come through the church and is almost adopted as a church mindset. You know, we take on um, uh, really, and I, I wanted to jump into this too, is we, we've taken an, on this kind of entitlement mentality is that in America here we have the freedom, a lot of freedoms that uh, is based on a democracy. Mm-hmm. It's based on everybody has an input. Everybody has a say in what goes on in our judicial system, our our executive branch, our legislative branch, all of it. And when it comes to Jesus, we all believe sometimes that we have a say in how morality should be done. Instead of looking at scripture and allowing that to be the foundation, we all think that we need to have a say in what morality really is. And we even take that as far as political heads and political leaders, if they make a statement and they're supposedly supposed to be Christians, therefore we say, because that political leader is a Christian, therefore that must be true. And so I, I think that's a good, I think that's a fair point that um, we need to, I don't think in itself that politics is bad as long as you're able to separate the two and say, okay, I'm not going to allow politics affect my relationship with God. Yes. And I think that's where where I believe like you like you said the, the separation has to happen. Yeah, I think, I think it feels like in our in our culture anymore um, there's this inclination that that a person's Christian faith um, is judged or is mm. is viewed through the lens of, of what political party they they choose to back, who they who they have voted for, um, and I don't I don't think when I when I get to heaven I could be wrong, but I don't think Jesus is gonna <laughs> gonna pull up my my voting record. Um, Probably not. In in judge my my entrance or or what I accomplished here on on earth based on. On who I voted for, right? Um, I believe he knows our hearts, and I think he knows what we put into these kind of decisions. I don't. I don't want to undermine the the decision. I think voting is very important. I think the whole process is yeah. is an integral part of our of our society yeah, and completely necessary. And I take it very seriously. Um, but I, I I think God knows what our where our hearts are at in those in those votes and i don't think our christianity is is defined by our our voting record by our what political party we we choose to to back or yeah where our our vote lies yeah and i know that personally just my own experience with various people in my life there have been um there's this opinion that the republican party is the christian party and that the Democratic Party is the party of not Christians or the the heathen based party, and I mean just that's just just not true. I mean, there's can you be a Democratic Christian? Of course you can't. I mean, and I think that yes, of course we we vary on um, 
opinions and we vary on beliefs. But I mean, for heaven's sakes, the denominations of Christians can't even get their act together. So I mean, like, we vary in that. I mean, like, we say, you know, I've, I've heard people say all the time that they believe that Catholics aren't Christians or they believe that, you know, that, that you know, Baptists don't have the full, whatever, whatever it is. We, we automatically make this judgment because they're not within our group and say like, okay, just because you're not associated with my beliefs, therefore you're wrong, and therefore you aren't either one a Christian or you're not, um, you don't have, you haven't received the light yet. You haven't received the revelation like I have. And that's some really dangerous territory because you're expecting other people to instantly form a line right behind you in full support of everything that you believe. It's a pretty arrogant, haughty statement is that everything I believe you should follow behind. As in, it, I mean, of course there's found core foundations to that, but outside of that, you know, we have to be willing to be humble and say, okay, in this area, I might be wrong, you know? And I think that's important. I think it's important for us to um, say like um, this one scripture I read where it says like, Jesus didn't even think himself to be equal with the father while he was here on earth. He considered himself to be, he took himself down to be a human, like as low as a servant. Like if I had that mentality, if we had that mentality of I'm going to be a servant in the political spectrum, I think that would speak way more volumes than a haughty, pompous attitude of you need to believe everything I, I believe. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think it harkens back to a, a, a bigger issue that goes that goes far beyond just religion right. in politics where I think the church, the the American church, um, has has become very con- consumed, I think, um, very focused on on kind of nitpicking one another, um, on on judging the faith of of fellow brothers and, and sisters and, and fellow Christians, um, and using things like like politics and, and political beliefs and political stances and mm. who somebody votes for to um, to have a say in what that person's relationship with with Jesus is like. Um, and there's, I mean, there's lots of examples that go beyond just that go beyond just who who somebody votes for. Um, but I think it has kind of shown a, a spotlight on it, just with the the way that politics has kind of taken a center stage in the in the church in the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, I think it's kind of shown a light on on that issue that again is a bigger issue than just what we're talking about today. Um, but I think it it really comes out in this that I, I, we've become almost more worried about what is happening within the, the family and trying to to correct one another and, yeah. and make everybody line up with with what we believe and what we think is that like picture perfect version of a, of a Christian and and we have kind of forgotten about our mission to to grow the family to to <laughs> extend the family yeah um, and ultimately yeah. I mean what we're what we're doing in in I think my biggest struggle with what I've seen with the mix of, of religion and politics in, in the last couple of years is where we've not only lost sight of, of growing the family, we've hurt that mission. Yeah. Um, we have put a dent in, in our ability to, to have an influence in, in the non-believers' lives. Um, we have ostracized them mm-hmm. from the family, pushed them further away um, from ever kind of coming into the fold and, and being being part of us because now Christians are, are being seen in this negative light. Do you think that the extremism of that, like we've seen some pretty extreme things in the past five years, six years of the political craziness and, re- and religion and religious cra- craziness. Do you think that the extreme nature of how Christians have reacted to this, to, um, I'm going to jump into it, into prophecies, into um, uh, specific prophecies about the president, about um, the where the country's going, and getting um, that stuff involved, and then people holding on to those prophecies, and those prophecies not turning out the way that it was prophesied. I think that the extremity of that, and I told um, a couple of people this, is that if that happens, 
praise God. If God says it and it happens, then we confirm it as a word. But if it happens or if it doesn't happen and it's led millions of people to believe something that was false, we're we're in dangerous territory. Like we're in dangerous ground because you have a few people that are completely leading the sheep into a very dangerous position amongst wolves, if you will. Yeah. It's, I, I, I mean, I think the real, the, the, I mean, there's lots of danger, but one of the biggest dangers, in, in my opinion, is the, the influence, I guess, some of these people have had in, in new believers and in things like that, where they latch on to these, these prophecies, and it can, I mean, shake a person's faith, especially somebody who is a, a new believer, Mm-hmm. Um, who's being told over and over and over again, like, this is God's will, this is what God has spoken, and when that doesn't happen, now what? Where, yeah. where, where are we at? What does this mean about God? What does this say about God? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think, it is an issue that that many have had to wrestle with, new, new Christians and, and seasoned Christians who have been in the church for years alike. And, and a lot of these people that were claiming these things were veterans on not only public television, but veterans as far as pastors who have been pastors for a long period of time. And when I understand making mistakes and then you owning up to them, if you said something that wasn't right and then own up to it. We talked about this last night in the car. There's some of those pastors that have just doubled down on it because they don't want to be humble. They don't want to take the L. They don't want to say, okay, well, that that was wrong, a misstep, whatever it was. And they don't become humble. They just become more, more and more prideful. And they keep on going down that rabbit trail. Yeah. And it's like you're not doing any benefit to the church like the prophets are supposed to do. Prophets are for edification of the church if in, in building the church up. You're not doing anything for the church. If anything, you're tearing them down. And um, as a person who has operated in um, prophetic, uh, a, a, like prophetic gifts, I guess if you want to say that, um, I've been wrong, and I own up. I, I think for the most part, I've owned up to them if I was wrong. And uh, I've never proclaimed myself to be a prophet. I've never any of that stuff, but. It takes humility on the person's end that made this that made the statement that was wrong, and um, and then also you, we have this big massive wound that has been created by the church mm-hmm. and by leaders of different churches that has been created, especially in the political realm. But I think across uh, outside of even the political realm, but we won't get into that today. But there's this massive, still gaping wound that has been yet to be addressed. And has yet to be um, healed from my perspective, and um, and it seems like the wound gets even greater and greater as more and more elections come up. And I think that's unfortunate. I think that we need to um, care. Either, I was just reading an article just a second ago. We need to care more about being righteous than our rights. Yeah. And I think that's a phenomenal statement because I would rather, if I lose my rights tomorrow, if America tanks tomorrow, it's not going to stop me from trying to be righteous. It's not going to stop me from having a moral standard or having all this other stuff. It's going to, if hopefully it would propel me (laughs) to be better. Uh, But um, I have my rights through what Christ has given me. But... I'm not going to, if my right to vote goes away tomorrow, it's not going to shape who I am as a Christian. Yeah. That's, I mean, over and over again, G- Jesus, when he is, is on the earth, and, and Paul echoes the statements, Peter echoes the statements throughout the New Testament of where, is our, where does our citizenship lie? Our citizenship lies in heaven. Like right. The, the rights that we should be worried about our, our indelible rights that we've been given by, by God that no, that no man can take away from us, that, that it doesn't matter who the president of the United States is, uh, those things aren't shaken, those things aren't, aren't moved by that, affected by that. Yeah. Um, 
I think the the scary trend that I've that I've seen um, that seems to almost be I mean just doubled down on since <laughs> since this last election and um, is this idea of of people with with prominent positions, um, large followings who have just kind of turned the pulpit into um, into a, a platform for political activism. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Who have used the pulpit and used their Sunday sermons to, to essentially just condemn people of of a political party, um, and to try to to further the, further a specific political party, um, and that's I mean people who have you know thousands, hundred thousands of of followers and, um, and just I I'll see some of the stuff that they say and then just look at the like the outpouring of, of confirmation of those messages and it, it scares me really i mean yeah. because we're we're in a, a dangerous position yeah i think when we get to that point if our our sunday sermons become more about what we believe politically and less about what we need to do to be to be a better christian to to better show love to the world yeah um we're, we're highly misguided. I think if we had the love, the amount of passion for politics, as much as um, of that same passion, and put that passion into Jesus, and put that passion into loving others, I think the world would be a much better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when we look at Scripture, and we look at, like you said, what Paul says, we look at what even Jesus' representation, when he, when he, Jesus, atta- I can't tell you how many times, I've read the read scriptures of Jesus literally attacking the religious leaders at the time. Mm-hmm. Not once. I can't even remember one time where he ever attacked Caesar or he ever attacked it, attacked any of the, you know, prominent political leaders at the time and made a political stance on if anything, he told them to render to Caesar's what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. I mean, like, and we, see it, we like you said, we see it echoed throughout Scripture is that to to love love our neighbor, to love everyone, to be at peace with everyone, to all this other stuff. And I'll tell you this much: in the past election, that was not the case. I mean, I was scared and frightened, and I believe a hundred percent, like I said last night, that the pandemic and the election. You said this too that the pandemic and the election mm-hmm. showed the church for what it really is, the American church for what it really is. 2020, 2020 was a, a bad year for, for the church, for the American church, for just, I think... A lot of, what, a lot of it. What the world views the church yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, and, and rightfully so. I don't... I mean, and I'm sure in some ways things have been taken to extremes or, or extremists have become the, the voice of the, the church as a whole. Right, right. Um, That's fair. But just in general, I mean, some of the criticisms that have been lobbied at the, the church for the way that we've responded to to the election, to the pandemic, to, to all of this are fair. Yeah. Um, and, and, and somewhat embarrassing. <laughs> um, uh, very embarrassing. Honest. Very, very embarrassing. And the thing is, is I've said this before in my own personal prayers, is God, I said, God, we have a PR problem. Yeah. The American church in general has a massive PR problem. And when, and it's not to say that it's a PR problem because we're sharing truth. It'd be one thing if we're being persecuted. They just don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah, they just don't want to hear it cause for that. But that's not the case. Yeah. Like, when, when I'm at, any, when I'm really anywhere and I'm sharing Christ with somebody and the common thread that I get is I don't want to be a Christian because they're not loving. I get all that. I get that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it does process in my mind like, okay, what do they mean by that love? Like, but they're obviously seeing something. They're seeing something in the church that is unappealing. Like, Again, it's one thing if they're just saying, I don't want to be a part of the church because I like sinning or I like doing my own thing. It's, that's one thing. But if you're looking at the church and they're saying, you're saying, they're not supporting. They're not there for me. They're, they're the ones that kicked me out. A bar is more accepting than a church is. Yeah. That's scary. 
So just to go, I think, back to something you mentioned uh, a minute ago, Ryan, because um, I think it, I think it's a big part of the, this whole picture that, of what we're talking about here. Um, is you just you mentioned the the growing passion for for politics that we we've seen in in yeah. the church in the last handful of years, and maybe I was naive and maybe I just missed it in my my younger years, um, but I don't recall ever seeing such passion in in zeal in just an outrage in, in all of the above related to related to elections related to um, government and politics and, and all of that within the church um, and, and I, I'd like to, to get your take too on, on where you think that comes from but um, I think for me that that issue that that passion is is driven from this false sense of belief that this is important, and that's what passion comes from, right? Is, is it comes from the belief that something is important? Yeah, right. Um, is this belief that it is crucial to the church and to the morality of America, um, who the the president of the United States of America is, of of who is making the laws, of who is governing our country? Um, and I think we've, I think we're missing the mark because I think mm. we've now turned. Um, and again, I think that's why we're so passionate about it, because we've made this U-turn, but we've essentially, in my, my opinion, what I see, what I observe, is that we have now begun to lean on government, lean on the president, lean on lawmakers to, to determine, to police morality and sin. Mm. Um, revival. Uh, a spiritual awakening, growth in the church, all of those things we've now made contingent on who who the president of the yeah. United States of America is. Um, and I don't I don't disagree with people in the church who would say that there's a moral decline in our country. Oh, I think it's clear. It's yeah, that's obvious, that's obvious. Um, that there's a moral decline in our country, but who's responsible for that? Yeah. Is it is it the the president? Like are we in moral decline because of our government? Um, because of the laws that are being made, or are we in moral decline because of because of the church? Um, yeah. When do we take responsibility, I guess, as a church for for that moral decline? Um, when do we take responsibility for? Hey, we need revival. We need a spiritual awakening. We need we need growth to happen. Mm. And it doesn't matter if Donald Trump is the president or Joe Biden is the president of the United States of America. Neither of those things limit. The, the ability for us to have revival. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that limits that ability, the only thing that is, I think, stopping that growth from taking place is, is us. It's, it's Christians. It's, it's where, where's our heart at? Um, where are we at spiritually mm. in whether or not we see that second great awakening or whatever in our country is completely, I think, contingent on us yeah. and not on government. Yeah. Whatever laws get made, I don't think that affects that it doesn't affect that revival well i mean i think and i think that's i mean if you look at some of the more um restricted countries i mean it's evident that revival actually takes place in some of the most restricted countries in the world i mean look at china for example china has been under an insane amount of oppression by its government and the church is thriving. Of course, they have errors in, the church, in that church. Of course, there's going to be errors. There's going to be pastors going to take advantage of their people. Of course, there is. But as far as like growth and unity and the, the like expansion of that is extremely thriving. And I think you talked about the passion is that and where I think that it starts out, where I think it starts out at is humans in general have this compulsion to be passionate about something. We have this, it, it's, it, even if you're just passionate about video games or you're passionate about eating or whatever it is, like we have this, we have things that we like. Now, I, I, I'll say this is that to be fair on the other side, I think there have been extremely highlighted people that doesn't necessarily speak for the whole body of Christ in, in America. I think that's the case. However, then the church, the actual, like the real church that can stand up and say, that's not our voice. Mm -hmm. Like, 
that person, that pastor is clearly not speaking for the body of Christ and of, you know, of America or just in general. Like, I don't think that's a fair, you know, I don't think that's a fair assessment of where we are at. And I mean, I think there, I think, I mean, I'll be honest, there has been pastors that I know personally that have stood up and said, that's not true. Like, we don't believe that that to be the case. We don't endorse that pastor, like, or whatever it is. I've seen that. And so, um, obviously uh, for the audience we're not making any cookie cutter statements of the whole church obviously but what we've seen is the trend and the dangerous trend of us getting involved drastically in politics and taking politics and putting it in the church and using uh like you said politics as a as a springboard for for sermons and um and we like rallying around what we believe in. We like, you know, we're really quick to put up our fist and say, this is the way it is. This is what I'm passionate about. If it's not, you're not passionate about it, well, you need to be. And we hold up our fist and we use our, our words as a, as a club in a lot of ways in saying, if you don't believe the way that I believe or you don't even believe this prophecy about this person. You're going against God. You're going against his perception you're, or, or what he wants. And, and then we, we obviously get into this whole perfect will mentality and this, this whole other thing where, you know, um, somehow the enemy won by Biden getting in to be president. Also, they're nonsense. I don't think that's the case. Um, it, we, if you can't be a Christian while Biden's president— I I have a problem with your foundation as being a Christian. I think if you think that Biden being president limits the growth potential of the church, yeah, that's ridiculous. Then, then you're very very misguided. Well, I mean, um, it, because I mean, it, not to jump over you, but and the reason why people believe that is because. They believe, like you said before, that the moral standard is somehow coming from the presidency. Right. Well, I mean, if that's where you put your moral standard, if that's where you put your your belief in your rights and your belief that America needs to be a Christian nation and that America needs to be this, uh, and that only comes through the president, the Congress people who's in office, and that because if they're in that spot, therefore there will be a Christian nation. If you have that perception then the only result that you can get to is that if a Democrat is in president or somebody you don't agree with is in president, then you'll land on, if we have a Democratic Senate, Congress, whatever it is. I mean, for heaven's sakes, God let there not be that there is supreme six supreme Democratic judges out there because our all of our rights are going to go down the tubes and, and us as a Christian nation will fall to pieces. And that's just not true. But the, the, what scares me is that, that it feels like it may be true, but it has nothing to do with it, yeah. six people on the Supreme right. Court. It has to do with the church and their, the fact that I think in some ways we would just fold yeah. and say, oh, we can't, we can't operate like this. Yeah. And it's just not, I mean, what, what was, when was the church founded, right? What was the church founded in, with the persecutions and with with government overseeing the the country that wanted to kill christians yep. um this is the the foundation upon which our religion is built and now we think that if we have a, a president who doesn't align with 100 percent of our our moral views that that we can't operate in our in our full capacity yep. as a church um, yep. and we're just limiting ourselves in that yeah and it Thank God that that's not the case. I mean, like, can you imagine, I mean, like, God's sitting up there, and now Biden becomes president, and he's like, well, can't move now. Like, boy, that's a pretty limited God. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I'll pay attention to Spain now. Like, no, like, that's just, I mean, it sounds like, to me, it sounds silly, but people believe that. And it's like, if you really believe that, you're limiting God so much because I told um, I told one of my friends when this whole election thing was going on, I said, I pray for Biden. 
I want him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want him to receive Jesus if he hasn't already. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and judge his heart. I don't know if he's received Jesus or not. Same thing for Kamala Harris. I want her to receive Jesus. I don't want her to go to hell. Like, if she has, I mean, I'm going to say, again, I don't know if she is or isn't. She may as well be. She may be speaking in tongues right now in her in her room. I have no idea. But, or 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 she might, I don't know. I don't know where she's at with Jesus. But that's not my judging. That's not my judgment call outside of the fruit that I see. But the same thing with Christians. You know, honestly, I haven't seen an extreme amount of fruit coming from the people that are proclaiming that Trump should have been president. Right. Positive fruit, at least. I mean, maybe in the past. Mm-hmm. And and not to say that, I, I mean, I, they, they might have fruit. I don't, again, I probably can't necessarily judge that based on just one video of them proclaiming that they want Trump to be president, whatever. And so, like, I guess that's one thing, too. State, stating that you want Trump to be president. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. That's great. If you want somebody stating they want Biden to be president, great, fine. But don't become a zealot about it. Yeah. Don't start tipping things over and knocking things down because <laughs> you don't like what people are saying. And I mean, it's the one thing that I saw, and I want to jump into this, and there, I think um, maybe not necessarily wrap it up, but one thing that I wanted to jump into was during that time, I saw a lot of Christians hurting other Christians mm-hmm. and, say, and saying some pretty crazy stuff to one another. And I know it sounds trivial, but like them no longer being friends on Facebook, them no longer, um, like, that is, like that association matters. Because guess what? You're going to see them at church tomorrow. You're going to see them after you make a statement to them on Facebook or whatever, anywhere else. You have to see them tomorrow. Or you're not going to see them at church tomorrow right. because, because they decided not yeah. going to be part of right. part of that anymore. Right, um, and that's the and that's I think that's the danger. That's the detriment that you can cause. You and I have probably different political beliefs to some degree. We didn't. I mean, we know who we voted for in the yeah. last election. We didn't vote for the same person. Yeah, and I think that that is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here berating you because you voted for somebody different. Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, honestly. I don't care who you vote for because that doesn't affect our friendship. That doesn't affect who we are as brothers. That doesn't affect who we are in, the, in Christ. The thing that it affects is that you check somebody else's name on, on a piece of paper and or on digitally or whatever it is. Like, I want to, I'm not going to sever relationships because they don't believe with me politically. And I understand people that are passionate politically. I get it. And that's fine. But don't hurt others in the process. Yeah, that's where I think that's where it becomes problematic. Yeah. Is where when we put that and we we put so much emphasis on on these politics and on who a person votes for that that we can think less of somebody yeah. based on that, that we can ostracize somebody, just cut somebody out of our lives. Yeah. And we don't need to get down the rabbit trail of, of the pitfalls that Facebook brings into our world. But <laughs> I don't know how many times in the last few years <coughs> I've seen some kind of a post on Facebook that ends with, and if you don't agree with any of the stuff that I said or you don't like it, you Delete can me. unfriend Yeah, me. oh my what, gosh. Why are we so quick and willing to just cut people out of our lives because they don't agree with us? When, when yeah. do we lose the ability to, to disagree? Yeah, and honestly, Discord has gone out the window. I mean, discussion and Discord and, right. and everything else is, we like I talked about before, it's this whole entitlement mentality. These are my beliefs. If you don't like them, you can kick rocks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not the belief of a Christian. Like, if you look at Jesus, he didn't say if you don't, like, if you don't believe the way that I believe, you can kick rocks. Like, he said, like, you know, he did say, like, you need to follow me in my position. Like, he did say that. I am the way. The I am the way, the truth, and life. Like, he did say that. But he's also loving and compassionate in it, though. And we're not talking about Jesus in politics. We're talking about Jesus in the kingdom. So it's a completely different thing. But, like, there are, there are very hard stances in Scripture, extremely difficult, hard, moral stances that we will later address plenty of times in the next podcasts. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But politics isn't one of them. I don't see. Yeah, and not in my opinion. 
Um, but I think in, in the opinion of a lot of, of people, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of people out there in the church who are, who are afraid to, to say who they voted for. Yeah. Not that they, they owe an explanation or, no. or need to tell anybody who they voted for, but there's almost like a fear of, um, of rejection from the church. Um, if you, if you say you voted for the wrong person, um, and I just, I don't think that's how it should be. No, no. And that's, and you take a look at, um, other nations and how they even saw America during the 2020 election. Like that scared me because they're seeing America crippled Mm -hmm. and like, I don't like America. I, I love my country. Mm-hmm. I love I love the freedoms that I have. And when other churches across the world, other you know, I'm not going to sp- name specific churches, but different churches in different countries looking at the American church is saying, "Why are you being so petty? You're being petty about politics. Mm-hmm. We're over here suffering and not able to eat. We're not able to." survive our country is oppressing us and we're not berating our our politicians like i'm not saying that that's right for those politicians or those dictators or whoever else to do those things i'm not saying that that's true that's the way to go i'm not saying like hey get a dictator in because like we need oppression in the church like i'm not saying that bring it on i'm ready you know i got my ak-47 you know no like that's silly i don't want that per se what, I, what I'm saying is, is like, regardless of who our leadership is, we should be ready and willing to love others regardless of their political beliefs, their political spectrum, where they land on different political agendas. And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and berate a specific group of people because they don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. That's not how Christ would act. And it's not how I'm not, that's not how I'm going to act. I may disagree with you. I may disagree with a lot of your, I think, and there's some things, obviously, that I believe are damaging to the American construct. I think that there is definite massive things that we need to address in that world. But as far as it changing my perception of you as a person that I need to love and care for, if you were, like, it's it's the Good Samaritan. It's literally, I'm going to help you regardless of, your political beliefs, your religion, uh, who you are as a person, male, female, whatever it is, I'm going to be there for you. If a, if I knew that a person was a Democrat and, and then everything else, I'm not, I'm not saying I actually have <laughs> probably not maybe more friends that are Democratic, Democrat, but I mean, what I'm saying is, is like if I have a person that I completely disagree with on every spectrum and they fall and they get hurt, I'm going to wrap their bandage. I'm going to get bandages and help them out. If they're dealing with something emotionally, I'm going to try to help them out as much as I can. I'm not going to stop because I don't agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, what does Jesus call the great, greatest commandment, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as, your, as yourself. And there's no qualifiers to that. No. I feel like we've put qualifiers in Plenty. that. And it's, it's, it's wrong. Um, I would dare say sinful, um, <laughs> and, and and there's not there's not those qualifiers. It's just love your neighbor, no matter who they voted for, no matter what they believe, yeah. no matter whether they're a Christian or not. Just love them. Yeah, and honestly, pray for them if that you know that morally they're doing something that's against God. Pray for them, like help them out, be there for advice, be there as a constant light within their darkness, whatever they're dealing with emotionally, physically, spiritually, like we're called to be light amidst the darkness. And if we're taking on dark traits and expect us to be light, it's not going to work. We can't take on this hateful evil mentality and then expect good to come from it like it's just not going to work we're 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 leading ourselves down a massive uh uh, like you said rabbit trail 
of problems. We're opening up a whole new can of worms if we start using the devil's tactics to somehow preach Christ. Um, I'll say this. We, like I've said before, we have a massive wound that needs to be fixed. And we're not going to fix it by putting a quick band, a quick, I'm sorry, band-aid. It's not, that's not going to work because in this past election and various, in the other previous ones and different things, we've hurt, we haven't hurt our congressmen. Mm -hmm. We've hurt each other. We've hurt each other. And we've, we've gone too far. If you want a president, great. If you want to be involved in politics, great. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to uh, vote for somebody, great. But don't beat me because I voted for somebody else or I have different views. Like, that's where, like, um, uh, Ben Shapiro says it. Like, it's like, it's okay to, you know, shake your fist at me as long as you don't punch me in the face. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, if you can disagree with me as much as you want to, but don't hurt me because of it. And, um, like, one of a guy I heard the other day, just be a mensch. Like, just be a bro. Like, just, like, yeah, we can disagree, but let's still have fun. Let's still be, you know, peaceful in it. And uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm praying a lot for this new for the for the new elections that's coming up in a year we have one more election or we have an election coming up in a year and then we have a new president possibly or the same president coming in in the next two years right. three years from now who knows what's going to happen there but i hope we learned a lesson i hope the church learned a lesson in then not necessarily like if you're hearing a word from the Lord about a specific political agenda, really pay attention. Like, okay, is this something that the whole world needs to know? Or is this for me? Like, or, um, yeah, I, I hope this president comes in, but I'm not going to rake somebody over the coals if it doesn't happen or if they vote for somebody else. Like, it's our duty as Christians to love one another and to be... Um, examples of the way that Christ would walk here on this earth. And if we're going to do that, like you said, there's no conditions to that. Yep. And hopefully we've learned our lesson. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if, if we've learned, learned our lesson. And, and I'm, I'm praying we did. Yeah. I'm really praying we did because if we did, we'll probably see one of the greatest unifiers not because of not not because of politics but if we learn our lesson we say okay we're just going to love one another we're just going to be there for each other that's what really is going to unite the church and that's really what's going to revive we're going to start revival we talked about revival at the beginning like that's really what's going to start revival is us as a church being unified and saying we want to see this see our family grown we want to see as many adoptions as physically possible yeah and that's what's important again yeah we we're looking to add people into the to the Christian family, not the Republican family. <laughs> um, and those those two things do not e- equate one to no. the other. No, um, no. I want to see as many people saved in this world as is possible. In if they get saved and they're a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Republican or yeah, I'm good with it. Who cares? Yeah, I'm good with it. Who cares? Um, yeah. No, that's. And I think that's a good point to leave it. I think that's where if we really want to see revival in this country, it's not going to be based on a political party or my political association. It's going to be based on my association with Jesus and my association with the Holy Spirit and how he moves through me and how he moves through the church. I want to see that. I want to see that massive move of God but it's not going to be based on who the president is. No, I mean, what does what does scripture say? We can go spend an hour on the on our podcast and not bring up scripture. How dare we? <laughs> uh, but if, you know, Shame if, on you, Will. If Shame my on people you. who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal their land. 
So it, it, if my people who, who are called by my name will do these things, not, not the king, not the, the rulers of the, of the land, yeah. us, yeah. if we will, will seek God's face and turn from, from all of this other stuff that we've begun to idolize and, and to elevate to undue importance and just put our attention on God mm-hmm. in, in seeking his face. Like that's, that's where revival starts. Yeah. Yep. Um, not, not in the white house. I hope it, I mean, I hope it, I hope it gets there. Yeah. Like I, like I wouldn't mind seeing that in the slightest, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. I'll attend a revival service at the white I, house. Of course I would. <laughs> you better believe it. Get my McDonald's on at the white house. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Well, if you liked listening to this podcast, um, we're going to be doing a lot more. Uh, we have a, a quite a few coming up. We have some guests coming on, um, uh, a few people that are here locally that um, have been in ministry for a long period of time. Uh, and we're going to be addressing some pretty difficult uh, topics. We're going to... Um, I'm going to switch over to myself here real quick. We're going to see some, uh, we're going to have some pretty deep discussions about some pretty pretty crazy stuff, um, some fun stuff. We're going to have a great time, like as we did now. Um, so thanks for listening. You can find us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, if you're listening via audio. You can uh, go to you, our YouTube page is Unapologetics. Um, and then uh, you can either search Religitics. It's going to be that's going to be the title. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on Facebook on Apologetics uh, Podcast Show. I believe is the at username. But um, yeah, that was fun. Well, thank that you was, yeah. for uh, doing this with me, and I'm excited for for, uh, for, for doing the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how I roll. Just show up and talk. Yeah, right. It's pretty difficult, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a great day.